my cross to bear. You hear those words thrown around and oftentimes they're associated with something that's either in your life that is completely immovable or maybe it's a shortcoming that you have that you walk around with and, and it becomes very clear every single day that it's not going anywhere. It's my cross to bear. My, my wife made homemade from scratch blueberry muffins yesterday and I had not one, not two, not three, <laughs> but four of them. It's my cross to bear. It's my cross to bear. You know, people use that sometimes as a little bit of a, a throwaway line, but, but it actually does mean something, especially when we read in Mark that Jesus says, take up your, your crosses and follow me. What are our crosses? I submit to you today, brothers and sisters, that the cross that you and I bear are the things under which we suffer as a direct result of us being Christians. Let me say that again. It's the things that we suffer as a direct result because of the fact that we are Christians. Those are the crosses in our lives. Those are those, those sufferings that Jesus talks about as he says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And Romans really does help us figure out why exactly those sufferings exist. It's easy to, to try to, to play Monday morning quarterback and try to figure out what God is trying to do, why he allows this suffering to stay and, and he, he removes this one. I know last week we talked a little bit about, about tests and, and the trials that sometimes God puts us through. I'm, I'm talking about something very specific, not, not, the, not the tests, but the full-blown, seemingly pointless sufferings. Why does God leave those in our lives. Well, it's sort of a, maybe based on Romans, it's sort of a multiple choice question. Does God leave the sufferings in our lives, A, because, well, because he needs us to do a little bit more for our salvation. So we have to deal with those sufferings in order to make our salvation complete. Or is it B, that God doesn't really have all that much control over this world and he doesn't really care too much about your daily life and so the sufferings that are in your life are just they're just there out of happenstance because this life is one big big cluster of things that just sort of happen to us are the sufferings in your life see because well because god's still a little bit angry with you because there are still some some bits of rage that he needs to get out against us is suffering in our lives because of because of D, God wants to make sure that we are who he, thought he was, we, who he thought we were when he called us to be his children. That we were a step above the rest. That God is using the sufferings to make sure that we're the real ones. Or is it E? God allows sufferings to stay in our lives to draw our eyes up to heaven. Maybe based on the way that I just said that, it's pretty obvious which one's which. But we're going to look through those verses of Romans and we're going to see how, how Paul does this, this masterful job of ruling out all of those four things that sometimes human beings start to, start to believe about the sufferings that God has left in their lives. Let, let's, let's dive into to Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand we boast in the hope of the glory of God. See, he hinges it all on, on this justification. He says that you have justification 
through faith, and therefore you have peace with God. And essentially what this is doing is it's completely blowing out of the water the idea that our sufferings are there in order to make us, make us do the last little leg of our journey of being a Christian. It gets rid of this, this completely insane notion that when we deal with the sufferings in our life, that is God just saying, you need to finish off your salvation. You need to make it complete. You need to show me something about yourself. Paul says, uh-uh. No, you are saved by grace through faith. Your justification is complete. You have peace with God now and forever. Leave no doubt in your mind. When it comes to salvation, your sufferings don't play any type of role in getting you closer or further away from that salvation. God says, I am the one who brought about salvation in your life. So don't think that your sufferings are going to get you any, any closer, give you a leg up on anybody, because it's done. And so we know that God doesn't give us sufferings so that we can stand up underneath them and, and get closer to them. Okay, well, let's try the next one. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Sometimes it feels as if suffering is just random. You'll go through like nine months of your life and, and things seem to be going really quite, quite well. It seems like your faith is in a really good place. Your, your health is in a really good place. It, nobody has passed away recently. It just seems like things are going really well. And then it just, it just seems like it's boom, 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 Right? They all come in clusters. They are all stacked within like three months of each other. And you kind of want to say, God, if you're going to do this, how about you spread it out? And it starts to make us feel as if the sufferings that we face as Christians are just sort of randomly thrown in there. Wrong. Your sufferings are not purposeless. In fact, Paul gives us the purpose. He says, he says the sufferings produce perseverance. That, that, that part of you that is able to, to look around and realize that it is your God and your God himself who is pulling you through this stuff, pulling you towards himself. And that perseverance produces a character. That character that, that looks at oncoming situations and says, you know what, my Lord is going to take care of me no matter what, so I am not going to be afraid of this. And it is that character that ultimately yields the hope of someone who is able to look forward and say, I know what my Lord has in store for me, so I am not going to worry about the sufferings that I am facing for him in my life right now. The sufferings that God places into our life, the ones that he allows to be in our lives because of our Christian faith are there in order to cause us to have a stronger hope, to realize that this world is not, it's all in all. This is not everything. That instead we have a hope of eternal life in heaven with Christ that is, that is everything to us. Okay, so they're not random either, are they? We'll continue with the, the reading from Romans. It says, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. 
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This week I was, I was reading a little bit about Navy SEAL Hell Week. It kind of made the, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up as, as I read through all of the things that they are forced to endure for five and a half days as, as they are being battle-tested to figure out if they have what it takes to be Navy SEALs. And, and the whole idea is to, to refine them, to, to test them, to see if they're actually going to make it because they don't want to invest the, the training, that full-fledged Navy SEAL training into these people if they're not going to be able to make it through because it's, it's expensive as it turns out. And so they'll put them through hell week and essentially say, if you can make it through this, then, then you can make it through pretty much anything here on earth. Is that, is that what God's doing? Is he giving us sufferings to, to see if we're, if we're right for him? As some type of litmus test that if we fail, then all of a sudden God's going to go, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I, I figured you weren't really worth it. Are our sufferings a measure of how worthy we are to be counted as the elect, as those that Christ has died, has died for and, and brought to him by faith? God says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God said that, that he didn't look at us and see a bunch of very nice people and therefore go, okay, then I suppose I'll, I'll die for them because they're very sweet. God looked at us. He knew the litmus test. He knew the shortcomings. And yet he died anyway. And so no, dear brothers and sisters, the, the sufferings in your life are not some type of litmus test as to whether or not you're worthy of God. We'll try the last one, the last verses given to us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. That's the last lie. That God's wrath is still coming for you. That while, while Jesus drank a, a lot of that wrath on the cross, it, it's sort of like God is this, this scorned friend who, who says, I forgive you and, and I love you, but, but still grievously holds our sins against us. And says that although Jesus has done this for you, yeah, maybe you are saved from eternal suffering, but but because of the sins of your life, I am going to inflict upon you just the little burnt ends of suffering here on earth. Would that be right? Is God getting a, a little stab in there before he brings us home to be with him in heaven? Of course not. We see very clearly the wrath of God has been appeased. We have been reconciled to God. We are at peace with him. Therefore, there is no way that any of those four perspective reasons for our suffering are possible. It is not possible that we suffer because our relationship with God is wrong. No, dear brothers and sisters, we suffer for our Christian faith because our relationship with God is right. He allows sufferings into our lives to constantly draw us closer to him, to, to point our eyes to heaven. And yes, so that you, even you, are able to share in those same glorious sufferings of our Lord Jesus. 
So why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to, to look those sufferings in the face, the sufferings in the face? Why is it that the sufferings that are caused by our faith are, are, are things that we don't necessarily want to go through? You don't want to have the uncomfortable conversations. You realize that, that oftentimes the fact that, that you elevate Scripture and say whatever God says in Scripture is true and it is true for eternity, you start to realize that that is not exactly a popular thing to say even in, in Christian circles in this world. You realize that, that your faith is something that, that in sometimes is very comfortable to talk about, but then in other times you start to realize that you hold some very unpopular opinions because your worldview has been shaped by the Word and God's grace, His law and gospel for you. But if all of those sufferings are meant for our good, why is it, why is it that we are so quick to sidestep them? When you see the way that Jesus goes to the cross, you realize that it's not like he, he ran up to the cross with a smile on his face, giggling, brain, grinning from ear to ear. No, the crosses of our life, although they are there out of love, from God, they are still difficult. Jesus says that whoever wants to follow him, he must deny himself. Why don't I want to pick up the crosses? That's pretty simple. I, I don't want to deny myself. You don't want to deny yourself. And yet we see Christ's resolve for you. Christ did deny himself. He took all the pleasantries of this life, the easy way out, the conveniences of this life, and he, he, he forced them to the side. And he did what was necessary for you. So that your salvation would be secure, so that you, whenever you face the sufferings of this life, might know that those sufferings are not the end-all, be-all. That those sufferings are, are just a, a shadow. Here on earth, here one moment, gone the next moment. The Lord Jesus took on your sufferings so that even when you and I go, God, I, I don't want to suffer for you, we would be forgiven of that sin. That is why Jesus says it's necessary. It's why he speaks so harshly to Peter. Because he sees the necessity. He sees each and every one of your faces and knows that if he does not do what he is about to do, well, I barely want to think about what our fate is. But because of what he's done, you have confidence as you read through Romans chapter 5 that the sufferings of this life are not there for your harm, but they're there for you to constantly go back to that cross, to take the sufferings of this life to the cross and to say, I know, God, I know this isn't all you have for me. There was this man in the, he died in the, the 5th century AD. His name was Simeon Stylitus. He was a, an ascetic, a Christian ascetic in, in Syria who was trying to get rid of all of the pleasantries of life. It was a very common thing back then. Those, those really diehard Christians would, would essentially become monks and they, they would try to get rid of anything that was pleasant in their life. And, and Simeon Stylitus kind of took it a, a whole, to the whole next level. Simeon Stylitus climbed up 
and he sat on a pillar. And he was fed up there, and he was given drinks up there, and he prayed up there, and he lived up there. And he did it for 35 years. Is that what you need to do to carry the crosses? Do you need to make your life a a, a miserable mess in order to carry the cross of Christ? I dare say no. No, dear brothers and sisters, in the natural occurrences of our lives, being, being citizens of society, citizens of the church, citizens of our family, we are going to face crosses. We don't need to go out looking for crosses, putting ourselves into those suffering situations. We know, we know that's going to come. You, you don't have to, to go out of your way for them. But when they do come, we face them with a Christian worldview. You know, I was... I was reading the news this week, which is sometimes a dangerous thing to do, and I was, was reading about the, uh, the, uh, how the state of Alabama is dealing with the, the IVF treatments. And you read something like that, and you go, this world is just a mess. And I won't get into the, the details of, of everything that's going on with that. That's not really the whole point of that. It is to say that, that you take your Christian worldview and you see how, how science complicates things so much how our lives are, are sometimes feel more complicated than they had to have been 100 years ago. How we've got these, these decisions to have and we, we sometimes don't even know what opinions to have because things are, are so deeply convoluted and complicated and, and, and some of the opinions that, that you want to have you know are not going to be popular with the rest of the world. I say all this because you, like me, look at the world around us and and we have no other recourse but to look up to God and just say, any time now, God. Any time now. We know that, that in the palm of your hand lies all of our days, lies the fate of this world, and yes, lies our eternity in heaven. So God, any, any time now. But in the meantime, in the meantime, see the sufferings that God has placed in your life for what they are. See the sufferings that God has placed in your life as the, way, as the way that he keeps you close to him and keeps you focused on the prize, that living hope that we have. We know that there's not more to be accomplished. And we certainly know that we don't suffer in this world because God hates us. We suffer because he loves us. Find glory. Find honor. Yes, even find joy in those sufferings that God gives to us out of love. Amen.